Good morning, everyone, and Greg. How are y'all? <laughs> Let me give you some announcements as I welcome you here today. First of all, uh, tonight begins, the, for children and adults, this begins back our, our Sunday nights. And if you are a potty trained preschooler through fifth grade, you can join the choir, Mission Kids, and Bible Study. It begins at 5.30 through 7 o'clock. And they're going to start off with a bang as prepare for children's Sabbath service that's coming up on September the 29th. Miss um, Cindy Davis will be leading children music. Miss Katie will lead the Mission Kids and Bible Study uh, portion. If you have any questions, um, contact Katie. It's meet us in the sanctuary at 5.30. Meet us in the sanctuary at 5.30, okay? Children. All right. Now, the adult Bible studies, as of right now, we have one that it, it will begin officially the first Sunday after Labor Day, but tonight at 5.30, if you want to come and find out more about it, answer, have any questions or get an introductory overview of it, Mike Smith is going to be leading it. It's the, tonight at 5.30, he will, he will answer questions, but the first official uh, class is first Sunday after Labor Day. The Return of the Prodigal Son, A Story of a Homecoming by Nuin. It's an excellent book and a great, would probably make a great study. If you've ever been a prodigal, if you have prodigals, or if you're just wondering about prodigals, uh, this is, a, this is the, the, uh, the Bible study for you and for anyone, really, for that matter. Also, we are working diligently on our uh, plans to uh, submit recommendations for officers and committee members for the uh, next year for 2014 and we are we are in dire need of several people to step up and be volunteers and be in positions if you uh, are interested in uh, for example here at this nine o'clock service we're in need of volunteers to help set up we're going to be in the need of someone to coordinate the 9 a.m. service uh, if you're interested in, in any of those things, you can contact me or Stephen Connett or Andy and just um, uh, let us know. And we are also have a whole bunch of openings in our education uh, committee uh, that deals with the different uh, age levels in the Sunday schools. Uh, we, we really need some people to step up and become part of the church, uh, official church committees and council. If you're interested in any of those, you might want to talk to Cindy. Um, Davis or Katie Jeter okay many of you know Brett Claycamp who was our wounded warrior who was wounded in Afghanistan he is finally getting to come home uh, he's coming home tomorrow and uh, if anyone wants to meet him at the airport or you want to watch the they're gonna be a little bit of a processional as he comes through town um, and then he's going he want his first request was to eat at the clock so if you <laughs> So if anybody wants to eat at the clock tomorrow night, I understand the plane's coming in sometime around 6.40, and they're going to be eating at the clock at around 8, I think. But anyway, he'll be, he, he should be in church next Sunday is what his family said. But anyway, he comes in tomorrow. If you, I know it's short notice. If any of you want to greet him uh, and you want to know more information, uh, you could contact David Owens, I'm sure, and Kenna. They could let you know some more stuff, okay? 
Any announcements that I've missed from anybody? All right, then let's, let's stand up and let's sing and let's begin worshiping our Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy name. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul.
pray together. Dear Lord, we come today to worship you. We come to bless your name, Lord, and shout it higher than any other. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity just to be able to come and do that, to be able to come and get together as a group of believers, a group of people that love you with our whole hearts, Lord, and we thank you for the opportunity just to bless your name today. Lord, thank you for getting us through this past week. And, Lord, we know, we have faith that you will get us through the weeks ahead. In your name I pray. Amen. Everybody falls sometimes. you got to have the strength to rise from the ashes and make a new beginning. That's what we can do. That's what we can do. 
Tell them good morning and that you love them. And children, come to the carpet. Okay, let me read you a Bible verse before we get started. It comes from Luke chapter 13, and it's verses 24 and 25. It says, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside, knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. The theme for this lesson that we're going to talk about this morning is that Jesus is the door to enter heaven. So I have some jokes to tell you as we get started in the lesson. Do you like knock-knock jokes? Okay. Well, here's some knock-knock jokes for us. Knock-knock. Ben. Been knocking for 10 minutes. Please let me in. You're supposed to laugh. It's kind of funny. Okay, here's another one. Knock, knock. Doris. Door is locked. That's why I'm knocking. Y'all aren't laughing very much. Okay, I got another one. Knock, knock. A door. A door is between us. Please open up. They're not getting any better. Okay, this is the last one. Knock, knock. Lettuce. No, you don't say my part. Sorry, well, we know the answer to that. You're right. Let us in. It's cold out here. Okay, that's the end of my knock-knock jokes. In our Bible lesson today, Jesus talks about people who are knocking on the door. And he says it will be too late. Where's the door that Jesus is talking about in that scripture that I read? Where's the door? Heaven, right. Well, everyone wants to get into heaven, but there is only one door, and Jesus tells us that the door is very narrow. Jesus said, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know who you are or where you come from. Get away from me. Does that sound kind of harsh to you? It does, doesn't it? Where is the narrow door that we have to find that I read about? What do you think that narrow door is? That's part of it. It's talking about, do you remember where we talked about that Jesus is and the good shepherd? When we've talked about that. Well, in that parable, Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enters in, he will be saved. And that's in the book of John. 
There is only one door to enter into heaven, and that door is Jesus. Who can enter that door? Everyone, if we put our faith and trust in him. We will not be standing outside, knocking and asking to be let in, if we just give our heart to him and put our faith and trust in him. So I have one last knock-knock joke for you. Are you ready? Will you do it just for me? Will you laugh when it's over? Okay, knock-knock. Orange. Aren't you glad that Jesus is the door to heaven? Oh, okay. No more not-not jokes. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are thankful that you love us so much that you sent Jesus to be the door through which we enter heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. we come to this time of prayer before we start I want I've got a request for all of you who have children there's a lot of families that are not here today with children that will be participating I know in the Sunday night stuff and they might because of school starting and not read the, the, the bulletin when it was sent out or whatever so we all all promise to call somebody who wasn't here and make sure that they uh, know about the children's uh, stuff starting tonight please do that I pray that you'll do that uh, also, I wanted to let you know before I begin praying that Marion Beach, uh, who attends this service uh, most of the time, and her husband, they, her mother passed away uh, over the weekend, and we want to, her, her mother's name was Ethel George, and there will be a service in Birmingham, Alabama, where she is from originally, and we want to lift them and their family in prayer uh, during this time. Let us pray. Oh, God. Hear the prayers of these thy people. Everlasting God, you are a refuge, a strong fortress for us. Uh, We know that you will hear us as we sing our praises and and offer our praises to you, O Lord. And we pray and ask that uh, uh, you would uh, forgive us the the many shortcomings we've had in the week, this past week. That you'd help us to take as seriously our responsibilities as disciples to to be in worship and to uh, be part of your kingdom uh, building it up and uh, being and being workers in it Uh, we know that your holy spirit power is with us Uh, we pray that uh, this day uh, through that same uh, holy spirit power that uh, that uh, you would uh, help us with these prayer requests that we have oh god Uh, we know that there are many uh, who suffer in, uh, from disease or injury or uh, who suffer in mind uh, or spirit. And we pray, praise you, O Lord, and lift these names up to you that are printed in our bulletins and, 
and those that uh, are in our hearts now. And we pray especially this day, O oh God, for David, uh, who is fighting leukemia. We pray for Steve, uh, and we pray for Peggy. We pray, O oh God, specifically that those who uh, have been away through, through the summer, that they once more would remember how important it is for them and their families to be in church and worship. We pray, O oh Lord, for uh, Marion Beach and her family. We pray, O oh God, continue your prayers for the Dobson family. We pray, O oh God, for uh, all those who might uh, be uh, having a rough first week of school, whether it be students or children. We pray for safety, O oh Lord, from the violence that's so pervasive in this world. Lord, we pray these prayers knowing that you hear us, and we pray in your name as you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, I've went back to, on track now. I, I'm back on track with whatever the recommended scripture is. And recommended scripture is Jeremiah. And I want to talk about Jeremiah a little bit because Jeremiah was a young adult, like many of you. And God's call came to him as recorded here in the scripture. Give attention to the word of God. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 9, 10. The word of the Lord came to me, it said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah replied, Ah, oh, sovereign Lord, I, I do not know how to speak. I'm just a child. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. And then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O oh Lord, throughout all our life, at least one point in our life, we were like Jeremiah. We may be a Jeremiah right now. We may have passed that age, and, but we're still like Jeremiah in the fact that the Lord has called us to make a decision, called us to do something, called us to be part of his kingdom. Help us, O oh Lord, to see what you're calling us to and that you're with us through whatever you call us to. We pray in your name. Amen. You know, one of the earlier requests was a sermon on gifts and graces and uh, that we have, we all have, and that sometimes we're not sure what they are. 
But the thing is, the bottom line is we all are given. We're all gifted. We're all gifted with a gift of some sort that can be used to build up God's kingdom on earth, to build up the church, to build up the influence of good morals and order in in the land. And so we fit somewhere in God's plan. And we don't always understand this. That's Jeremiah's problem. He, he was confronted with this word from God, and his, his first answer, uh, of course, was an excuse. Uh, it was an excuse. But the comforting word that came back to him was this. I formed you. The one who formed us, the one who knew, knew, knows us, who knew us in the womb, who knows us out of the womb, this one is with us. And when we think about that and realize that, that we have this uh, presence of God in our life, it doesn't matter if you're young or old or, or, or how much ability you think you have, you have that ability there. God is with you. God is supporting you. God is going to help you. If you take a positive look at what God's calling you to do and you do it, you know you're not alone. And Jeremiah received this call, and his first response, of course, was he didn't think he could measure up. Who would listen to him? His first response was doubt, and I think that's our first response. The doubts that we can throw up when called upon to do something that the Lord wants us to do. And you all know that the Lord asks you to do things every day. Sometimes it's, it's a simple thing, like to be tolerant and to show grace to someone. Other time it's a difficult thing, like when the preacher asked you to, to, to or someone asked you to serve or to be part of, a, of something. But it's a, no, it is a known fact that we throw up doubts first. That's our first response. And so we can throw up some great doozy doubts. I can't, you, me, you want me to teach a Sunday school class? Oh, no. You want me to lead a Bible study? No. You want me to sing with the band or sing in the choir? Work with the youth? Why, that's completely out of the question. Volunteer in the nursery? Help with a mission project? Now, Lord, you know I can't participate in these things. What's that you say, Lord? Why? Well, I've got a bad back. I've got bum knees. I've got bursitis, varicose veins, arthritis, a stiff neck, fallen arches, a big corn on my big toe, and I don't have the right type of shoes, Lord. You know that. Now, what is that you said, Lord? Something about walking around the mall, walking around the golf course, walking up and down the stadium at the big game. Guess you got me, Lord. See, the Lord will not take an answer like, I can't do it. The Lord says to you, before you were born, I set you apart. I gave you a gift. I called you to be part of my kingdom. As some people live their whole life giving excuses, doubts, and never, ever answer the call. But we are all called, and we've all been gifted, and we've all received this one very, very important gift, and that is, I know you, I've known you, and I'm with you, says the Lord. Now, you might have noticed that the Lord asked Jeremiah to become a prophet. Now, some of us might think that's a serious role to be asked to be as a young person, but really, uh, the word there is simply translated as a spokesman or a speaker. So essentially, a prophet is just a person who's authorized to speak for another person. So in, in that sense, everyone here is a prophet. 
We've all been called by God and set apart for service and to speak on God's behalf. And when we speak, God intends us to speak words that build people up, that encourage them, that build up the church, that build up the kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven here on earth. Not words to tear it down. It must be a word on how to accomplish these things. Uh, how, how we can work together and accomplish the great mission and ministry that the Lord has laid upon our heart. And so the, we shouldn't be fearful, even though that's our first uh, uh, thought is to be fearful. God is so clear to us throughout all scripture, I believe, is whatever it is that God is leading you to, do not be afraid. The Lord is with you. I can't say that enough, I don't believe, because we're so so easy for us to throw up doubts and excuses instead of realizing that God is with us uh, through the Spirit, guiding us, directing us, and walking with us. And God, and God will continue to do that as long as... It, it, all we have to do is be open to the leading of the Spirit. That's all we have to do. How many of you like movies? You got, I know I'm not the only one who likes movies. I love movies, all kind of movies. I, I mean, I don't care what the movie is. I love it. Uh, we recently went to see, and I'd recommend it's a very good movie, on, the, on this uh, 50th anniversary of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, is The Butler. It's an excellent movie, and uh, I would commend it to you to go see it. That's a true story. But I love movies, and a few years ago there was a movie about a couple of orphan boys who had a band, Anybody remember that movie? A couple orphan boys had a band, and, uh, and the orphanage was getting ready to close, and so they went around everywhere trying to raise money. Do you remember the name of the movie? Anybody? Blues Brothers, the Blues Brothers Band. I know it's a little bit old movie, but a lot of you have seen these movies. They become like cult movies, and you see them over and over. But anyway, in the movie, there was the dilemma about this orphanage, they had grown. They had been uh, had been um, in this orphanage. That orphanage had helped them, and they and they heard it was closing, and so they needed to raise some money in a short period of time. And so everywhere they would go, they would say this phrase: "We're on a mission from God." Anybody remember that? We're on a mission from God. If you have ever said that or think it, it probably came from pop culture in this movie. Those of you who maybe have never seen the movie. So everywhere they'd go, they'd say, we're on a mission for God. And of course, at first, it seemed really funny. And, and, it was a, and at the particular time this movie came out, it became a funny slang phrase. Everything anybody would do, they would say, we're on a mission from God, okay? But the thing is, the reality is that we are on a mission from God. And if we think about that we're on a mission from God, if we think of it that way and realize how important this mission is God's given us, we realize how serious it is, how, how responsible we are for it, I think it's just absolutely mind-boggling and wonderful to think that the Lord of the universe has asked you and me to be on a mission for Him. And so if we will just realize that we're on this mission, and take it that way and respond appropriately, we'll get great things done in whatever area of our life uh, that God has called us to be uh, Christian disciples. 
But there's another part of this, and I, I don't want to forget that I want you to hear that you might not hear in the Scripture at first, and that's the fact that the other thing God calls us to do is listen. If Jeremiah hadn't been listening, he wouldn't have heard God call him. And it's important for us to understand that we have a real part of our life as disciples is not just doing, but it's being. It is to do the work God calls us to do, but it's also we have to pause and listen to what God is calling us to do. A part of the listening that goes on in your life is the listening that you hear in worship. The listening in the songs, the listening in the prayers, the listening in the scriptures and the sermons. God wants to tell us things, and we just need to listen and hear them. God wants us to know that He wants to make a home with us as we travel this road of life. And that His Spirit is with our spirits. And that Spirit enables us to do and be the body of Christ here on earth. It enables us to see with Christ-like eyes and to use Christ-like hands to have a Christ-like mind. God wants us to do things that He calls us to do. But first, we have to listen. We have to hear what it is God is saying to us. Jeremiah was a very young person when he received this call. And if you read about Jeremiah and you continue to read in that book and you read uh, 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 commentaries about Jeremiah, you'll understand that his life once he heard this call and responded to this call, his life was of complete service to God the rest of his life. And that's a testimony not just to the power of God that can work through a person's life, but it's also a testimony to the fact that if we are willing to yield and accept God's leading in our life, if we are willing to hear that God did create us, that God formed us, and God has redeemed us for a purpose, then you have to choose. You have to decide. Uh, you have to decide how you're going to respond to that. Uh, are you just going to go, well, that was a lovely sermon, and then just go about your business like always between now and next Sunday? Or are you going to respond in tangible, concrete ways as you interact with your family, your friends, your coworkers, uh, your schoolmates, uh, into community? How are you going to respond to whatever the Lord's calling upon your heart to do? And you can't escape this call. I'm telling you, you can't escape it. The call will come constantly, constantly, constantly till you choose. You can't escape. And the ones who do not choose to answer the call of God, usually they wallow, I have found out, that you, will, you can just about tell because they'll wallow in self-pity and selfishness and continue to doubt. But my friends, the call always comes and your action or lack of action is your response. And Jeremiah, he did not reject his call. He responded, and that's why he's lifted up as a, as a role model out of the Scripture. He fulfilled God's plan for his life by simply listening and responding to God's call. You know, I've met a lot of people through the years. I don't know how many of you know this or heard this because I, I say something maybe one Sunday you're not here and I don't know you hear it again. 
But I was not always been a preacher man, okay? I was in the real world just like you are. I was in business for until I was 39 years old and I went middle age crazy, okay? Instead of getting a nice convertible and a pretty new wife, I got a church, okay? I went middle age crazy. I know what it's like to face every day, to face bosses that don't appreciate you, to face family situations, to, to face difficulties in your marriage. I understand. I have been there. I've done that. I've got the t-shirt many times. And let me tell you, just because the last 20 years I've been involved in the ministry, it doesn't mean that stuff goes away. You still are confronted with many of the same issues. The difference between then and now is that I understand, I understand so much better that God has known me from the beginning. That God's been with me from the beginning. And God stays with me, even now. And that I have learned how to, to stop and listen to what God's calling me to do or not do. And I've learned how to respond uh, now. And, to, and I've learned that no matter what happens, God's with me. I know that in the valleys, God's with me. I know on the mountaintops, God is with me. And through those years, I've come across a whole lot of people with a whole lot more faith than I ever had or ever will have. And one that came to my mind as I was thinking about this story about Jeremiah was someone who's just the opposite. He was older than dirt when I met him. He had already lived his life. And yet he felt like he had been called by God to do something, even in a late stage in his life. And he had just suffered the grievous loss of his daughter to suicide when I met him. And soon after her suicide, he came down with a severe case of phlebitis in his legs and almost died. Now, this gentleman had every reason to be bitter at the world, at God. He had every reason to curse God for his pain, for his loss. He had every reason to leave the church, to withdraw into himself. And it would have been so easy for this man to have listened to the lies of the evil one who tries to keep us in that gutter every time we fail instead of the one who wants us to get up and the God of, that we worship who is a God of new possibilities, of new things. And he could have doubted God's love for him. But he didn't. And he felt called to stand up and to witness to his faith in this group that I was in. And he stood up and here's what he said. He, and before he said it, he had a picture of his daughter. He had just shared with us that his daughter had committed suicide. And he had a picture of his daughter. And in the other hand, he had an old worn-out Bible that he had been working through, I guess, most of his life. And he stood up, and this is what he said. He said, I want to lead you in prayer. He says, before you were born... God formed you in the womb. Before you ever existed, God knew you. 
Before you, were, you ever uttered one word or one breath of life, God set you apart. And that old man recited that scripture that I just read to you in a personal, powerful way. He could barely stand up. His legs were tightly bandaged. And yet he held that picture of his deceased daughter in that Bible. And he inspired every one of us in that room. God had told him to not be afraid. That he was with him. God had told him, wherever I send you, I will put the right words into your mouth. Today I have appointed you to encourage these folks that are in front of you. That's what God had told him. And he did. And, and it's important, I think, for us to remember the people like that throughout our life, whether we've had a young life or an old life at this point, who have exhibited those, that type of faith in God's presence with them. You know, Jesus, our Lord... When he was reviled, when he was spat upon, when he was cursed and beaten, he did not usher a harsh word in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten retaliation. What he said was, forgive them. They do not know what they do. He humbled himself and he carried obedience to God's will for his life to the point of death even death on a cross. And because of that, he has been highly exalted by God. And I pray that he is highly exalted by you. Remember, God knew you before you were born. God knew you. God pointed you to do something for the Lord and for the church. And don't deny the call that you have to be in mission and ministry, individually and collectively. Amen. Let us stand and uh, affirm our faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers uh, receive our offerings.
all stand and sing together.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn this day and smile your way. May the Lord give you his peace. Have a great week.